0: See, I was yelling at you as if I, the microphone was on and it wasn't even on. Sorry about that. Children, are there any children in here? Children, wave your hands up in the air. Make your way out into the aisle. Mr. John and Miss Joy are at the back if you want to make your way downstairs for Children's Church. They're going to keep plugging away uh, in their service. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm slightly perplexed by a few things. Every time I come home from vacation, it snows. This morning I woke up and there were these white things floating around uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the air, in the sky, and falling towards the ground, and I was a little nervous, but uh, it's good to be home. Uh, there's, you know, it's great to get away and to relax and to take time away. Thank you for praying for us as we traveled uh, down to Florida. We made it down there on Tuesday and made it home yesterday. And uh, it's just, it's great to get away and to relax, but it's it's one thing to be back at home. Uh, we had a chance to go and, and check out uh, a church in Lakeland where my parents uh, live, and uh, it was it was a small church. It was about four times the size of this room in one room, plus three other buildings. It was monstrous, but we had a great time just to be away, but we miss the family. We miss being with you guys, and we're glad to be back, and uh, and glad to be uh, here this morning, and it's just, a, it, it's, it's always fun to wrestle through different content, and this morning we're going to continue our series called Masquerade. And we launched this two weeks ago, this idea that, uh, that, you know, we all wear these masks. We all put on these different masks to cover up something within our life, within who we are. Maybe we're a little ashamed of it, maybe we have bought a lie of it. Maybe we're, we're just not in the right place. You know, we, we look at the kids as next week, they're going to be uh, getting themselves all dressed up and they're going to wear these great costumes for a day. And they're going to put on these masks and they're going to hide their identity to be somebody else just for a day. And yet, most of us as parents can walk around every day hiding our real self because maybe we're afraid if we open up that somebody... Is, uh, not gonna like us, or we've bought a lie that says that we're not good enough. You know, we started this series by, by launching with this idea that, that we, uh, where did masks come from? That we hide from God, that we put these masks on to actually hide ourselves from God. We, we bent all the way back to the first, uh, chapter, ch- sorry, chapter two in Genesis, where we began to see after creation, Adam and Eve, and this fall of mankind, and how when they, they took that bite, And their reaction to sin was to run and to hide. Then immediately they they wanted to hide from God. When God came walking and he came to find them. And he called out to them, Adam, where are you? That that they were hiding. And he says, we're we're hiding. We heard you coming and we we hid. And that's our our natural reaction. yet God is saying, that's not how I view you. I'm coming. I'm seeking you. That we try to hide from God. Yet God is a seeking God, looking for us. Where are you? God said to Adam, we ask that question to you. Where are you? Are you hiding from God? That we put the mask on to hide from God. Last week, Pastor Andrew talked about self-deception. The idea of changing truth for a lie. And this morning, we're going to wrestle through Week three, and next week we're going to conclude the series. We're going to wrestle through week three, talking about hiding your sin. If you have your uh, the program or the insert that you got when you came in, you can follow along on the fill in the blanks. We're talking about this hiding your sin. How many of you would be honest enough to say you found yourself caught in a lie before? How many of you honest? Put your hands up. Put your hands up. Keep them up for just a second. Keep them up. Look around. Those that don't have their hands up are probably caught in a lie right now. We all do it, right? It's kind of a natural reaction. We, 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 we do something we're not supposed to, and then we hide. And then we try to cover it up, and we try to pretend like it's, it's not happening. I mean, my children, and, and sometimes it's really innocent. They're doing things, and there's nothing wrong, and they just... But like, Jacob, did you do something? No. Well, who did? I don't know. The wind? and we try and cover things up we try to hide it we get caught in a lie and we get caught in this place where we we think that we can change the perception that we can hide it that we can cover it up just a little bit that nobody will see it and then we try to tell them we have to try to tell this lie tell this lie i mean hollywood makes thousands of dollars off of this idea in movies right they They cover up this conspiracy or this cover up and then they try to uncover it. You see, when we sin, it's extremely tempting for us and it's easy for us to just try to cover it up. And we think we do a really good job. We think that we put the the mask on and the Halloween costume on and if you know the people in your neighborhood, when the children come to the door, nine times out of ten, you know exactly who it is, but they think you don't the same thing with us. When we try to hide our sin, when we try to cover it up, we think that people don't see it, or we think that people won't know, or we think that people won't figure it out, but the truth is that it will become uncovered. And we try to hide it. Because it's really tempting and it's really easy for us just to cover it up or at least try to cover it up. So we hide it. We, we try to do everything we can to put on the nice suit and tie and we try to do everything we can to look prim and proper and that nothing's wrong or that there's nothing going on in our life and yet we try to cover it, we try to cover it and all we're doing is hiding, hiding, hiding. I want to uncover this a little bit more. I want to unpack this a little bit more. I want to talk about this because for us, this is personal. For all of us, me included. This is something that we are constantly tempted to do. This is something that we always and will struggle with. You see, after you sin, after you sin, you have two choices. You have two choices. So you commit a sin, you have two choices. The first choice is this, that you can conceal or cover up your sin. Once you've seen, you now have two choices. You're in this position where you've made a mistake, you've, you, you've fallen, and you have a, two choices. You can conceal or cover up your sin, and by our very nature, this is what we want to do. We are so tempted to just cover it up. Why? Usually because we're embarrassed about what we did. So we try to hide it. We try to, to cover it up. And we see this in Scripture. In fact, we see it, Right at the beginning of scripture. We talked about Adam and Eve in week one. Where we have Adam and Eve. And they had. We know the story. That the serpent came to Eve. And and basically asked the question. Did God really say. Did God really. did, Did God really say that? And then. The serpent tempts Eve. Eve takes a bite. Gives it to Adam. Adam takes a bite. And then they realize they're naked. And they begin to cover themselves up. They begin to hide. They begin to cover themselves up. And when God asks, why did you do this? Adam says, she made me do it. And Eve says, it's the serpent's fault. You see, we pass blame. We hide. We cover up. We see it in the story of uh, Cain and Abel. Two brothers. Cain, jealous because Abe's offering was accepted. So he does the unthinkable and he murders Abel. And when God comes to Cain, that's, where's your brother? Cain replies, uh, what? Huh? Where's your brother Abel? The Lord said to Cain. I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? Sin? Cover up. Hide. Joseph. A few pages over, Genesis. A young guy gets a vision that he's going to be a great leader someday. He goes to his 11 brothers and he tells them the dream. And he probably rubs it in a bit and he tells them about what's going to happen. They get jealous that he's dad's favorite, that he's so cocky and is rubbing this in their face that they decide to take him and they beat him up they throw him in a pit and then they sell him into slavery. And after they realize that dad was not going to be happy that he wasn't there, they cover it up. They grab his coat, they put blood on it and they bring it back to dad and it says that they brought the robe back to the father and said we found this examine it to see whether it's your son's robe he must be killed by some wild animal see our nature is when we sin to cover it up our nature is when we sin is to conceal it to hide it oh no I screwed up oh no I'm I I can't say anything because I'm I'm embarrassed about it so I'm going to cover it up and pretend like nothing's wrong or I'm going to blame somebody else when it starts to uncover, unpack itself. You see, when we sin, we have two choices. We can conceal it, or we can do number two, which is to confess your sin. You can choose to conceal it, or you can choose to confess it. You can choose whether you're going to uh, hide it and cover it up, or you can choose, you know what, I screwed up, and you can confess it. Which is right. Look what Proverbs says. Proverbs 28 says, whoever conceals their sin does not what? Prosper. Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. Yet it's our nature. We want to cover it up. We want to conceal it. But, Scripture says this, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds what? Mercy. See, you have two choices. Adam and Eve had two choices. Cain and Abel. Abel. Cain had two choices. Joseph's brother had two choices. The one who conceals their sin does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces finds mercy. Finds mercy. Maybe this morning, as we dig into this, you're standing at a crossroads. Maybe you're here today, and, and it could be whatever but you've been covering up or concealing some sin in your life. You feel like maybe you're all alone, like nobody else ever does this. So how can I say anything? Because I'll be so embarrassed. I can't confess because if I confess, then everyone's going to look at me and laugh at me and point their fingers at me. So I just have to cover it up. I just have to hide it. I just have to keep hiding it. You have a choice. You can choose to conceal it or cover it. Or you can choose to confess it. You can choose to conceal it and not prosper. Or you can choose to confess it and find mercy. To help us with this this morning, I want to show you in Scripture a moment where just a normal guy, just like us, found himself in a place where he tried to cover it up where he tried to hide it, where he tried to keep it from everybody, but in the end, he came out. To help you to understand that you're not in the battle alone, we're going to look at the story of King David. David, yes, he was king, but he was just a normal guy. He pointed to be king, become king. Scripture says he's a man after God's own heart. He loved God and he loved people. He wasn't this vile sinner that nobody wanted to be around. He was just a regular guy and people liked him. He was a good man. But he got tripped uh, tripped up by temptation. He found himself in a place where he fell to a sin and he had a choice to make. He had one of two choices, to conceal or cover up or to confess. And we find in the story of David and Bathsheba that he makes a poor decision which winds up costing him significantly. If you have your Bibles and want to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 11, this is where this story unfolds. And we're going to look at the first five verses because they begin to paint the picture of what happened. David's king. David is king and there's a war, there's a battle that's happening. That Israel is fighting and David is the king. And as a king, David's supposed to be there with his men. He's supposed to be there in battle. And here's what it says at the start of chapter uh, 11. It says, In the spring, at the time when God, a king go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole army, a whole Israelite army. When the king was supposed to go off to war, David, who is the king, did not go. He sent someone out with all the king's men and the whole Israelite army to fight this battle. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Reha, Reba But David remained in Jerusalem. David stayed home. David didn't go. David, the king who was supposed to go to war. Who was supposed to be there with his, with his kinsmen, Who was supposed to be there with the army. Decided to stay home. They had great victory. But there's something that happens to David when he is in a place where he's not supposed to be. He decided to stay in Jerusalem, to stay home. The story goes on to say, One evening David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. He got up. He couldn't sleep. He walked around on the roof of the palace and he's overlooking the kingdom. From the roof he saw a woman bathing. From the roof, he's looking around and he sees this woman, baby. And his eyes, as he's kind of looking around, it's like, (laughs) and it's not like a, oh, I saw it, whatever. It's a, I saw it. And he's staring. And he's staring. And he's staring. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. David calls someone to him as he's staring. He's probably like, that woman over there, you see her? Over there. Find out who she is. He's staring. Go find out who she is. Send someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. I'm just going to pause there for a second. This guy turns to him and says these words. Dude, She's married and she's not yours. What does David say? Send a message to get her. (laughs) She's not yours. Send a message to get her. Why? Because he's in a place where he shouldn't be. Isn't he supposed to be off at war? He catches eyes and he sends a message to get her. She came to them and he slept with her. Now she's purifying herself. From her monthly uncleanliness, sorry. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. Here's the king. Here's the king. Supposed to be at. War. Supposed to be off at battle. Supposed to be out with his men. And he finds himself in a place where he's wandering around up late at night. Looking out at the kingdom. Thinking everything is great. And then he spots something. And his eyes go. And they lock in on this woman who's bathing. And he's focused. And he's staring. And he is determined to find out who she is. And he is determined not only to find out who she is, but to find out how he can get her over to his place. And then one thing leads to the next. And David finds out that this woman is pregnant with his child. He's at this point now where he has to make a choice. There's this pattern that kind of happens in our life. There's this pattern that we see in this story that that can filter out into our lives if we're not careful. It's this, that King David was not where he was supposed to be. And when he wasn't where he was supposed to be, he saw something that he wasn't supposed to see. And when he saw something he wasn't supposed to see, it led him to do something he wasn't supposed to do. And when he did something he wasn't supposed to do, it was going to end up costing him more than he thought. Happens to us. This pattern can creep into our lives if we're not careful. That we wind up being somewhere we're not supposed to see, and because or supposed to be, and because we're somewhere we're not supposed to be, we wind up seeing something we're not supposed to see, we wind up seeing something we're not supposed to see, then we want to then we wind up doing something we're not supposed to do, and then we're in trouble. I used to talk to high school students all the time, and I would say this to them I say, Nothing good happens on the internet after 11 o'clock at night. Because what happens, you get tired, and then you start hitting web pages, and then all of a sudden you hit something, because you're doing something you're not supposed to do, you wind up somewhere where you're not supposed to be, and then you wind up doing something you're not supposed to do, and you're left with a choice. Do you hide it? Do you conceal it? Or do you confess it? David is in this moment where he's caught up in this place where he is Uh, desiring something for himself. He has this, what the Bible defines as this lust for the flesh. This this thing overcomes logic and the truth of the Spirit. We just rationalize it, justify it, or just do it, and then think that we can figure it out later, or hide it. And it can be anything. This particular one is a sexual sin, but it could be anything. It could be uh, sexual, emotional. It could be as simple as, you know indulging, overeating. I mean, it can be anything where we kind of lose focus for a second and let this desire overtake logic, overtake our spirit and just consume us. Because maybe we're somewhere where we're not supposed to be, which leads us to see something we're not supposed to see, which leads us to do something we're not supposed to do, which then leads us to a place where we have to choose and more likely we choose to cover up than to confess him. So here's David. He's fallen. He's sinned. There's two choices. Cover it up or to confess him. And as we read the story in chapter 11, David begins to come up with this elaborate plan. This elaborate plan on, on how we can cover up what's just happened. So he sends letter. Plan A is this: he sends letter to the battlefield to bring Uriah, who's the husband of Bathsheba, home from the battlefield. This way, if he got him home, he figured this would allow him to go home and to uh, see his wife, who maybe he hasn't seen for a long time, and maybe romance flares and they have a great evening together. And then nine months later, he just figures it's his kid. Well, Uriah is a man of integrity says i can't go with my with my friends on the battlefield i can't go home i can't go home it says it says this in chapter in verse 11 how could i go to my house to eat and drink and make love to my wife when my fam when my friends and my arm is camped in the open country as surely as you live, I will not do such a thing, he said. Plan A, smashed. David's plan B comes up. I know what I'll do. I'll get him drunk. And if I get him drunk, then he'll go home. And maybe something will happen. I can cover it up. Well, he gets him drunk. But again, Uriah, too much integrity, didn't go home, slept outside. A servant's place. Uh-oh plan C. Send letter to the general to put your eye on the front lines and maybe he'll be killed in battle. What? No, this is what happens. David is so committed to covering up, to hiding the sin instead of confessing it, that he's so determined to cover it up and to hide it, that he makes the decision to send a letter to have this man, basically have this man killed. And then David winds up taking Bathsheba as his wife. Everything looks good. This is how crazy and how dangerous sin can get in our life if we choose to cover it up and to conceal it and to hide it. We start a story and then it propels and it spins and it spins and it spins. Now, I don't think any of us are going to get to this level. But I think that there are some of us in here and I've done it myself where I have made the decision and it's cost me more than I can think and I've probably hurt people because of it. We need to step beyond this. You see... What happens when we try to conceal sin? And this is amazing about God. Is that when we try to cover something up, God has an amazing way of uncovering it. Jesus says these words in Luke chapter 8. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed. And nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Now I can't tell you when that's going to happen. But that is going. The Old Testament tells us this in Numbers chapter 32. But if you fail to do this, you will be sinning against the Lord. And you may be sure that your sins will be found out. We can try and hide it all we want to. But God has a way of working in our lives that these things will be uncovered. Whatever we try to cover up, God has a way of bringing it out. But the amazing thing is this, that when we confess, God has a way of covering us. God has a way of covering us. Remember week one when we talked about Adam? Hiding from God. We try to hide, and we try and Adam they, they hid, and when they realized they were naked, they made their own coverings, and, and God says, Where are you? We hid. When we heard you coming, we hid because we were naked. And God made garments for them. He has a way of covering us. When we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Chapter 12, God sends into David's life the prophet Nathan. Who's the prophet Nathan? Well, prophet Nathan is the man that God chose to come to David, to bring to light what had just happened or what had transpired earlier. And gives David a chance to confess. Listen to chapter 12. The Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said... There were two men, and he begins to tell him the story, there were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it and grew it up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for one who had come to him. So basically, this rich man took from a poor man to give to a guest of his. He had all of the stuff he... He had them. He had the proper meal. The proper animal for the feast. Yet he took from this poor man. Verse 5 said, David burned with anger against the man. He was ticked. You know like that vein that pops out of your forehead? When you, Anybody remember dad's vein that popped out of their forehead when they were mad? This is like David is Fuming. Pulsating out of here. And his red face. And angry. And he said to Nathan. As surely as the Lord lives. The man who did this deserves to die. He must pay for that lamb. Four times over. Because he did such a thing. And had no pity. He's ripping. He is mad. And Nathan calmly says. Nathan said to David. You are that man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel. And I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you. And your master's wives into your arms. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you Why did you despise the word of the Lord? By doing what is evil in his eyes. You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despise me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. David is now caught in the moment where everything that he tried to hide becomes exposed. Here's the question for all of us, me included. What, what are you covering up? And it may not be anything major. I'm not saying that. I'm just asking the question. What are you covering Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. As Christians, we have two different people or places that we need to con- confess to. People and places, sorry, where we need to confess. Two and four and two. And there are four different reasons. So, two means of confession or two reasons we need to confess. And the first one is this that we need to confess to God for forgiveness. You see, we have the choice to cover up, or we have the choice to confess. If we choose to conceal, we will not prosper. But if we choose to confess and renounce our sin, we'll find mercy. When we confess our sin, which is what we need to do, we first need to confess to God for forgiveness. God, I'm sorry. Lord, I am so sorry. I've screwed up. I've screwed up. Because he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm so sorry, God. We need to confess for forgiveness. After Nathan said these powerful words to David, listen to what David says in verse 13. He says, Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Confesses, I have sinned. I've sinned against the Lord. And Nathan replied to him and says, "The Lord has taken your sin, taken away your sin, you are not going to die. You're not going to die. After David was confronted and after he cried out and confessed his sin, he pens the words from Psalm 51, which are so powerful and so significant. And he says these words as he's calling out to God. He's saying, God, I confess to you and I'm confessing to you forgiveness. He says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. O Lord, my God, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. See, confession is confessing to God for forgiveness. His heart is crying out, God, I'm so sorry. Forgive me for what I've done. Cleanse me from my sins. Wash away all my iniquities. He continues on to say these words, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take away your Holy Spirit from me. There's this confession and this cry from his heart that he's longing for God. And he's saying, God, I confess my sin. now I'm receiving your forgiveness. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. I remember growing up singing that song, creating me a clean, a pure heart. Oh God! You see, we can choose in our sin to conceal it or to confess it, and I urge you, church, to confess. Confess to God for forgiveness. This one is the easy one. The next one is the hard one. And that's to confess to people. Why? For healing. What do you mean by healing? Confess to God for forgiveness. And confess to people for healing. Now scripture says that after Nathan had gone home, what he had promised to David or what he had told David happened, that he lost his son. But I'm, I'm not convinced that Nathan left, said these words, and walked away. See, when David confessed to Nathan, I believe that Nathan was there to walk him through and to help him to heal. He received his forgiveness from God, but the confessing to people is for healing, for you and I do. Heal. Look at James says these words therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed Now I believe that there are this confess your sins to each other is is in relationship that it's in moment of like authentic relationship that we talk about so much here at living way that it's significant that we're in relationship with each other that we can come to each other and we can confess our sins to each other so that we may be healed because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective that we confess to one another in our relationships so that we can be healed we receive forgiveness from God and we receive healing as people walk alongside of us I heard a story of a young lady who was in a, a life group or a small group. And in that small group, there were people who were talking about things. And this one guy just blurted out that he had to confess about an addiction that he had in his life. And this young lady sat there and watched. And it was the first time, one of her first times in the group. And she's new to this Christian thing. And she's a new believer. And she just confessed that she was still living as an exotic dancer. And she said, in that moment, when all these people who she thought were going to stab him for being addicted, they came alongside him and cared for him, that she said, guys, I have a confession to tell you. I just got saved a week or two ago and this is what I'm doing with my life. And the man who just committed his confession said, I'll pay for your bills if you quit your job tomorrow. Finding healing and we confess to people. The young woman quit her job. She quit her job. Two days later, had an interview for another job. And the people came alongside of her. Not to point their fingers at her, but to help her to heal. You see, we confess to God for forgiveness. We confess to people for healing. The, the, the thing that we try to do so much is cover up. And God's saying, just... Confess. I'll forgive you. Confess with people and they can bring healing into your life. That's why we have life groups. That they're a place where people can be cared for and find healing. That they can build authentic relationships. Why we push life groups so much. Why we talk about them all the time. See, so often in our life, and worship team, if you want to come back, so often in our life, we choose, when we sin, to cover it up, or to conceal it, or to hide it. And God's saying, guys, confess it. Find forgiveness and healing. And let's continue to move forward. Let's drop the mask. Let's put away the masquerade, and let's find true life. Finding forgiveness when we confess to God. And finding healing when we confess to people. So this morning I already asked this question. But what are you covering up? In your life? Do you find yourself in a place like this? David where maybe you were somewhere where you weren't supposed to be that wound up seeing something you weren't supposed to see you did something you weren't supposed to do and now you've decided instead of dealing with it instead of confessing it, you've concealed it this morning as we just worship as we just sing I, I would urge you and challenge you to just confess it before God And then in your close group, in your friend group, in your life group. To confess to the people who you have a true relationship with. To help you to find healing. To walk alongside of you. Not to point fingers, not to post it on Facebook, not to tell everybody all about it. But to walk alongside of you. To help you to find healing and hope. To help you to continue to pursue God. To help you to walk the path that He has for you. Let's pray. Father, this morning I pray. God, I pray that as we, by our nature, long to conceal and hide our sin. God, that we would find in us before we're confronted, before it's uncovered, strength to confess and Lord that that as we walk through this life and as we face these moments where we're going to be uh, tempted or tripped to fall into temptation God that we wouldn't choose our nature which is to hide or to cover but God that we would confess to you and God that we would look for people and confess to them that they could walk alongside of us Lord that we would receive forgiveness and healing and accountability God, that we truly would be the family that you've called us to be. So, Father, this morning, wherever we are, help us. Help us, Lord. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you for this church for this family. God, I pray that you would continue to draw us closer to you. Lord, that you would continue to help us to move. That you would continue to lead us and that you would guide us. Father, we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name.